Welcome to the Mobile App Makers Podcast, the podcast where I interview mobile app creation experts from all disciplines so we can learn from them. Welcome, everybody. Today, I have the pleasure to interview Greg Lutelier. Greg used to be an iOS developer back in the days, and then he decided to start doing recruitment in the iOS world. And recently, he also started some workshops for iOS developer to help them level up in their skills. Welcome, Greg. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, Oliver, and uh, thanks for having me. So yes, I used to be an iOS developer for 10 years. I was working in early-stage startups in Paris and New York. And in the 2014, beginning of 2015, at the beginning of, uh, of when uh, the Swift language was released, I started being very interested also by the iOS developer community, by going to all the conferences, meetups in France and worldwide. Uh, starting speaking at those meetups and conferences and ultimately starting organizing meetups in Paris. So obviously it was a bit uh, less active uh, the, the past, uh, the past months because of the, the pandemic, but uh, I hope we'll be able to, to meet in person again uh, pretty soon. Putting my money in September, everything will start again. Yeah. I think also that September will be a good, uh, good time for everything that, uh, that is related with events and uh, in-person activities. So hopefully, uh, We'll be able to do that again at, at that time. And in the beginning of 2019, two years and a half ago, uh, I created SwiftJob, uh, this company where I'm doing some iOS recruitment. And uh, since then, things have a bit evolved. I have now a real recruiter who's working alongside me because it's a job that is pretty time-consuming and that requires lots of organization. And I started also organizing some workshops in September, last September as well. The idea is pretty simple. It's to gather maximum 10 attendees, work on one day or two days workshops on the specific topics. So at the moment, we are doing a Swift UI workshop and a combined workshop. And those workshops are always made by uh, world-renowned trainers. So I started working with Johnson Dell. And uh, in September, we'll have also a Swift UI workshop in French this time uh, with uh, Vincent Pradey. So if people want to learn some French and visit Paris and learn some more technical shop they should call you essentially yeah so at the moment sadly they will still be doing this at home because uh, those workshops have been remote for uh, the moment the fun fact about that is that uh, when i started working in, in this project was at the beginning of 2020 and the time to set everything up was in march 2020 it was a wednesday when i was able to announce publicly the start of this new project and the day just after that, uh, our French president announced that France was going to lockdown. So it was a bit complicated to have those uh, workshops uh, in, in, in person. So at the moment, they are remote workshops, but uh, I really hope I'll be able to organize those in person pretty soon. I hope you didn't take it too personally. <laughs> I'm sure it was something against me, but yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so you've, you've mentioned the pandemic that everybody's been talking about and we're kind of in some country, at least, and if you take a positive spin, we're kind of trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Can you tell us how the iOS job market has evolved through the pandemic and now and kind of what do you see on the horizon? So indeed, the, the pandemic has made lo lots of changes for lots of people in lots of different ways. But uh, when it comes to work and jobs, those are not specifically bad changes because it made us work differently. Developers have started working differently. Companies have started to work differently as well. 
And uh, what I've seen in the iOS community are two things. Two major topics have really changed over the past year and a half since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, the first one is obviously regarding the location of the, the work, because uh, so far before the pandemic, companies usually always wanted to have their developers working on site. And of course, developers, we know that, uh, usually uh, love and enjoy working remotely. And that was even before the pandemic. But with the pandemic, companies have been obliged to work, having people working remotely. So this is something that's way easier nowadays for developers to have the opportunity to work remotely. To give you kind of some figures about that, uh, before the pandemic, may, I had maybe 10% of the companies I was working with were open for full remote positions. Uh, nowadays, it's more like 50 to 60%. So that's quite a, quite a big change. And the other topic that has uh, quite evolved as well, but this is more, I think it's more something that's specific to France and uh, the, the way French people work and the French contract work. Because uh, developers also used to enjoy working as freelancers compared to full-time employees. And this has, especially in France, lots of advantages. You, you can make more money, you have more freedom. But it's also way more risky. And uh, that's something we saw uh, during the pandemic because obviously companies were really afraid of what was going on at the beginning of 2020. And usually in those times, companies tend to shut every expenses. And the first expenses you cut in those times are all external resources. So freelancers, for instance. And uh, suddenly developers starting to back off a bit from this uh, freelancer uh, working uh, style or working contract to come back more on the full-time contract that are safer when it comes to uh, situations like the one we, we've been through last uh, year and a half. And looking forward, do you see those trends kind of staying or do you think they're going to evolve still? I think we, we will see some adjustments, but with what we've been through for one year and a half, there are things that won't go away. Obviously, remote is especially something that people will be asking for more and more. There is also obviously people that want to go back to work because it's also very interesting and important to have a place to work, to have a place where you can meet your coworkers and so on. But we will probably be in, in kind of this a bit strange situation where lots of companies will go hybrid with have, while having offices uh, at some places and having also lots of their employees working remotely. So those will require lots of adjustment. When it comes to the iOS community or even the developers themselves, it's even easier for developers because it's typically the kind of job that you can do remotely. Developers have been working remotely for way before the pandemic. So the adjustment is easier for developers compared to lots of other jobs. And with those change and so more people working remotely, do you have any advice for the leaders in those teams to help those teams be cohesive and, you know, work well together? So this is a very, very important topic and um, it will be very, I think, complicated because what is going to happen is that companies are in this kind of hybrid mode. So you have companies that are really fully remote. Those have less issues with that because they've been built from the ground up to work remotely. So they have lots of processes that helps them to work remotely. The one I, um, I think about, obviously, is that everything usually is written in the in this uh, situation. So you have always all the time access to all the information in the company. 
other companies, so most of the companies that work more on a kind of hybrid situation where they, they still have some offices at some places, but they also have some people that are working remotely. You have this issue of people having being together at the office, for instance, where and when obviously they will talk together, they will make decisions together that might not be written somewhere. And if you are working remotely, you won't have access to this information. So this is something that will be very hard to adjust. And uh, I think that one point that, that would be important for those teams to keep working closely together is to make them be together sometimes. So usually people working remotely, depending on the company, the company is asking for those people to come maybe once a week at, at the office or maybe once a month. But there, w- there will be a need, I think, for more kind of situation where they can bring the, those teams together at some at some place and at some point so they can build up all everything that is uh, apart when they are working uh, separately so I'm, re- I'm really interested in different uh, ideas around this uh, situation and especially one that uh, that I will start to work on at some point maybe uh, which is around the co-living so the co-living the concept is pretty simple it's to bring some people at some place at some time so the most common thing we, we can think of is maybe bring together like maybe 10 people in a nice mansion in the countryside for maybe a week or something like that. And those people can work together, can work all day long on their daily job. And being together at the time, you can also organize lots of different events to bring those people together. And so if those people have been working remotely for maybe three months in a row or something like that, but seeing everyone in person for a long time, it will be very important to have those kind of uh, possibilities and of those kinds of, of services for companies to bring the, their employees together. And this is something I'm really thinking, really interested in, and I'm thinking to organize those things, especially for the iOS community, because it's easier to do that when you have some kind of same topic that brings all those people together. So it could be interesting to have people, iOS teams from different companies being um, together in a big, nice mansion at some point. So they can work on, the, on their daily job during the day. And then for lunch break, diner, and, and so on, being together, talking with people. And uh, that will both bring them closer together with their own teams and also with all the other attendees. So that's something I'm really interested in. And I'm, I'm hoping we will see lots of um, services and ideas around this uh, kind of gathering. So we've talked a little bit about how to make sure the team is cohesive and all that good stuff. Do you have any advice more on the hiring side now that people are starting to hire remote people? As a CEO, like, is there some tips or something they should know when they're going to hire somebody who's remote? There is lots of questions about being remote and uh, when you are uh, hiring uh, remote people. The, the first thing is that it's very interesting because obviously if you are hiring remote, there is way lots of people, lots more people you can hire. That's the, the, the first point. If you are in Paris and you want to hire in Paris, you can hire only uh, people that uh, are living uh, near Paris. But if you start hiring remotely, you have way more people that, that you can hire. Uh, it, it all depends on how far you want to, to hire. Uh, usually, uh, when you start hiring outside of your own country, you, you will start maybe having some more difficulties because of uh, legal issues, maybe, or maybe for, for with time zone issues as well. But if you start just working in your country and, and where you won't have those kind of issues, you have directly lots more people you can hire. So that's very interesting uh, from uh, this point of view. But obviously, it also, it also means that those new hires won't be uh, in your offices if you have offices. 
or you will have to deal with them how often they will come to, to the office. So depending on the companies, the thing we can see the most often here in France is uh, people asking for uh, remote, fully remote people to come usually at least once a month for maybe two or three days. So you have to plan everything so people can uh, take the train, the plane, or come to the offices once a month, uh, stay at the hotel for a few days, and then uh, go back to their place to continue working. So yeah, you, you have to think about all those uh, things and also... Things, uh, something that uh, will become kind of requested uh, quality and requested um, uh, skill is the fact to be able to re uh, work remotely. Because now if you hire someone that has never worked remotely, nowadays everybody has worked remotely, so that, that that's fine. But you need some kind of organization. Working from home is not that easy and you need to have some good place to work. You have need, need to have processes. Uh, not be not being disturbed and so on and so on. So you also have to to check that the the people you are hiring are also used to work from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are some great advice. Last time we talked, you had mentioned to come back to the the training side of your business. You had mentioned that there's that perception that developers kind of train themselves on the project, and that a lot of them don't go to training. Do you know? Where, why, where that's coming from, and is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? So indeed, the the, the fact that developers do train themselves most of the time is, is something that is, I think, part of the developer job. So when you're a developer, you are working with lots of different tools, languages, frameworks, and so on. And all those tools evolve. So obviously, you have to evolve with them and to see how they've changed with, with the time. It's something we can especially see in the iOS world because every year uh, in June, we have the WWDC, which is the annual uh, Apple Developer Conference, where Apple announces all the evolutions that we will have for the language, the tools, the frameworks, and, and so on. So when all those changes arrive, you have to be ready. You have to learn all those new, new tools, but you cannot do that <laughs> always and all by yourself because there is so much tools and libraries you are working with that you cannot keep up with everything. And the, the issue I, I can see uh, I've seen, since I started organizing workshops is especially in the startup scene. In the startup scene, people tend to think that developer, developers will always uh, train themselves alone. And sometimes it's a bit frustrating for a developer because it's a job that is very interesting, but that is also pretty lonely. You can spend hours and hours alone talking with only your computer and sometimes having the opportunity to train and to learn something new with other developers and especially with someone who knows the topic very well is something that is very interesting. But it, it is funny to see that nowadays in France, we can see that big corporations, big companies are more likely to send their developers to trainings and workshops than startups. And that's something I think startup people should take in, uh, in, in consideration because uh, it, it's very interesting for a developer to have the opportunity to learn something new alongside someone who knows the topic already very well because you will gain lots of time, you will know pretty quickly what to do, what not to do. And it's also very interesting to have some time to share things, developer things with other developers. As a CEO or as a team lead CTO, is it better to... And that, that's actually a question that I got from one of our listeners 
is it better to try to train the team for breadth of knowledge, like covering a lot of ground? Or is it better to try to train them deep on a specific topic? Do you have a perspective on that? Uh, I would rather go for uh, being specific and deep on a topic because covering lots of grounds, if it's just very shallow and you just learned a bit of all those different topics, that's something that you will be more likely to do by yourself. That's something that obviously it's easier to do by yourself. But when it comes to going deep in a specific topic, uh, that's when obviously it's very interesting to have someone with you who knows the topic very well and who will help you avoid all the traps, uh, who will give you tricks to be faster, understanding better the, this topic. So, so I, I would rather go for something, one specific topic, but going deep in this topic rather than trying to, to go on lots of different uh, topics at the same time. Those are actually all the questions I had for you. If our listener wants to learn more about training, especially the training that you offer, uh, where can they go and what are the upcoming trainings that you are working on? So it, uh, we made a break in the trainings because uh, I was talking previously about the, the Apple Developer Conference, uh, which happens, it was a couple of weeks ago, it, which happens in June. So obviously, it's a bit uh, strange to organize trainings uh, just before this conference because all the topics of the trainings might be uh, might evolve during the, this uh, this conference. Now the trainers are working with the new versions of uh, SwiftUI of combine of the topics we are covering uh, in the trainings. So the next session will be and after it will be July and uh, August. And as you know, in France, people uh, don't go to <laughs> to workshops and trainings uh, during summer. So all those trainings will be back in September. <laughs> not much happened. Yeah, not much. Yeah, not much happened. Yeah, but after the year and a half we've been through, it's it's quite okay that not, not much happened for a while. So all those trainings will be back uh, in September. Uh, we have uh, already different uh, schedule. Uh, the one uh, on SwiftUI with John Sodel for septem September is full. Uh, there is some places left for the October session. Uh, there is some places left for the combined session in September and for the SwiftUI with uh, Vincent Prada in French in September also. But this one is not yet online. It will be soon. Okay, and what's the what's the website that people can go to? Uh, usually, I I announce those uh, more on LinkedIn. The website is not, is not yet uh, ready for the workshops part, so uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, and uh, that's where I announce all those uh, all those workshops and trainings. Well, Greg, thank you very much for joining me today and answering all my questions. Have a great week, and talk to you later. <laughs> thank you. See you, Oliver. Thanks for listening to the Mobile App Makers podcast. I'm Olivier Destrebeck. You can find more info on building mobile apps at mobileappmakers.chat.